It's time. It's time. Passcode accepted. Downloading the Down South IT Podcast. Everybody, glad to have you with me. I am back, ready to rock and roll. This is season 10 of the Down South IT Podcast. Glad to have you here. This is hopefully going to be the biggest and best season yet. And if all of you out there keep listening, it sure as hell will be. And of course, you know I'm coming to you live, well, sort of, from the heart of Cajun country in South Louisiana where football season is just about to start winding down, but Mardi Gras season is well underway. So, let's le bon temps roule, everybody. Get out the beads, get out the liquor, get out the parades, and especially the king cake. Oh, yeah. Now, today I got a few things that I do want to run through, just some newest items and things that happened while I was off, and we want to catch up and get everybody on the same foot, so we go ahead, go ahead and do that. Next episode will be the episode for CES, the Consumer Electronics Show. You know, that's always a big thing every year in January. So that will happen. That's going to be on the next episode, episode 1002. So keep everything right here locked in. And the best of CES will be here in two weeks. So we're going to catch up today, CES next episode. And then after that, I got a few surprises in store. So just to keep y'all on your toes. You know how that goes. So the first thing that happened while I was away on break was we had some breaches of LastPass. Now, if you remember a while back, I did an episode on password managers and LastPass was actually the one that I endorsed at the time. I can wholeheartedly say now would be the time to switch and use something else. I hereby completely renounce and retract my previous endorsement simply because they had three high-level breaches and the company did not handle it well at all. It was very, very much a shoddy uh, rollout as far as letting the public know. And the fact that most, not all, but they did have some people's uh, passwords, even though they were encrypted, did get hacked and stolen. Now, the company did not say exactly who was was affected. I'm hoping I was not one of those, being how I started with this company after I got hacked a while back in 2019. So I'm hoping that that wasn't one of them, but at least everything that did get taken, with the exception of, I think, email addresses and a couple of things like, uh, not really necessarily identifiers, but email addresses and stuff that could be used for phishing attempts later on, on top of the actual encrypted URLs and uh, associated passwords for those. So what ended up happening is back in August, they had their first little breach and they left a third party uh, or a third party service 
got access to their internet work. They weren't aware at the time how bad it was, but they locked down everything and was able to find, you know, some stuff that they will be able to lock out that, that company and keep them out and going through there. Come November, they had another statement saying that it's possible that when the breach occurred in August that we, they might have gotten some things. Okay, not very descriptive and not very taking blame on themselves for that. But then we cut to December. December, they come out and say, yeah, they did get stuff. They did get customer information. They did get encrypted files and different things like that. So, yeah, they got a lot of stuff. So, again, I definitely retract my endorsement of last pass simply because of the handling of this thing not only the fact that if you have this service your stuff might be floating around on the dark web right now but if you have to use something else or if you're looking to use another password manager software something along the line of like one password or the one that i actually went to which is bitwarden bitwarden is actually open source so everything is linux based open source so they have third-party testing on the encryption and basically every part of this thing to make sure it's solid anybody can test it anybody can see it and verify it so that's why open source software is really great on top of that it's very cheap right now bitwarden actually has a, a free tier if you decide that you want to move to them or start using them they do have a free tier that free tier lets you sync across multiple devices without any uh, paywall or anything like that. So you can do that. That's not a problem. Their pay tier does have a few little uh, advantages to it, but it's nothing that the normal you know, your normal person would actually probably need. It's if you're using it for for work or something like that, maybe some of those things might be needed. But for the most part, you can get away with just the free tier. Even if you do decide to go and use the paid tier, the paid tier is only $10 a month rather than the 35 or so that 1Password and LastPass was. So it's infinitely cheaper. And hey, I'm all for open source software. So that, that always helps. Next up is Microsoft's acquisition of Blizzard or Activision. They're both the same company anyway. So it's the newest wrinkle with this is not necessarily that the FTC is still investigating whether or not the deal can go through and whether or not it would technically be a monopoly and you know Sony and Microsoft have always been head-to-head -head with these type of things and Sony's not going quietly into that good night as far as this goes but now we have Google and NVIDIA are throwing their opinions into the situation right now too so now we have both of those you know, tech powerhouses are uh, coming clean and saying it might not be such a good idea. Now, Google, granted, they do have, well, did have, I'll get to the, that in a little bit, but they did have the gaming uh, streaming service Stadia. And so they kind of had a vested interest in Activision Blizzard, being that they could have potentially have games on their platform. NVIDIA, not really that, you know, they're, they do have GeForce uh, now and, uh, and that kind of thing, but 
they don't have any any Activision or Blizzard titles on GeForce now right now, so they're kind of in between. But I think Nvidia's biggest thing is that they want to make sure that everything, all the games that are under the Activision Blizzard lineup, are going to be available to all players. Which I think that's what everybody wants in you know by the end of all of this anyway. Nobody wants to have any kind of Activision title or Blizzard title that's going to be subject to one console or one platform only. You know, they don't want any kind of exclusives. Now, granted, they do have some exclusives by contract right now, like Call of Duty. They get, you know, PlayStation gets a week or two early from Xbox and PC and different things like that. But that was written into the contract before all this started. So... We kind of get those types of situations too, but I think that was Nvidia's biggest thing is that they just don't want they just don't want any kind of exclusivity rights or anything like that coming from this deal to affect anybody on any other platform. Which again, that's pretty much what everybody wants by the end of this thing anyway. Also happening, we have Microsoft quietly revealed a new type of AI. And to be honest, it's kind of creepy. Their new AI, which they're calling Val-E, which is a definitely a reference to Wally, and I can understand that they want to try to make this as warm and cuddly as they possibly can, but the fact, the fact of the matter is this thing is very creepy because what it can do is it pulls from a database of 7,000 people talking for roughly 60,000 hours or so, and it'll use all that data to synthesize somebody's voice and speech pattern from only three seconds of a recording. So if they happen to get three seconds of your voice, they can basically make you say anything that they want. How creepy is that? Now, I'm all in favor of pushing the envelope and trying to see what exactly technology can do. I mean, I am a... I'm a self-obsessed gearhead that talks about tech on a podcast every week. I mean, come on, what else do you think I would I would want? But I also can see the danger in this being that it, whenever you add this to some of the deep fake software that's already out there, that could be really, really bad. So you're already adding someone's face and likeness to doing something on a video screen, then you can also basically synthesize their voice to match up with the video. So you could almost have this, com say, complete speech in somebody's voice and basically recreate an entire event that never happened. Maybe that's just my tinfoil hat being put on, but I'm not a big fan of doing that because that leads to all kinds of craziness. And granted, there are times that you could possibly use something like this as, you know, maybe a stopgap in the medical field or something like that. Say you lose your voice to throat cancer or ALS or something like that. And just like Stephen Hawking would use a computer to speak, you could do something like that and use the person's actual voice to, you know, make it more personable and stuff like that, use their speech pattern. So it's a little more useful in that sense. 
but I see a lot more downside for this than upside. So I'm not exactly sure where Microsoft is actually going with this, but I'm going to keep an eye on it and we shall see. Next up is the Ryzen 7000 series launch. These, they launched the 9X SKUs just last week, actually. But, and that's not the, the weird thing. The weird thing with this launch is that there's really nothing from Intel that they can launch against. Because normally one will launch, then the other one will launch right around the same time. So they actually, you have something to test against, you know, Intel's newest chips against AMD's newest chips. I mean, it's a tale as old as time. That's how it's been going for a long time now. So that's not normal. I mean, that is normal, should I say. The thing that's not normal with this one is that the latest from Intel is that their launch was a paper launch for the 13900KS. So that CPU is basically launched on paper. There's not many floating around, if any. No YouTubers or other testers that I follow have gotten their hands on any of the new chips from Intel, so they can't directly test them. So what we're left with is AMD doing their normal release schedule, but the only thing to compare them to is the older, faster X-Series chips. So basically what AMD did is they launched their new set of chips and they're directly competing against themselves. And if you look at the pricing for these new CPUs, the older, faster ones are actually cheaper than the newer, slower ones. So it's, it's a very weird time right now in the release schedule for AMD. So I don't know if they're going to actually make them, you know, they, they just launched, so they can't change the prices just yet. I would give it probably maybe two weeks so that at least that way they've been out there for a little bit and they're going to adjust pricing. But for right now, it's basically you have the 7900X sitting at, I think, $345 and the 7900, which is the newer chip, sitting at 400 So <laughs> there's like a $50 discrepancy in it. But if you want, you actually end up paying more for a slower chip. Kind of strange, kind of strange, but hey, that's basically what all of this is about. So fun stuff, right? Fun stuff. So now if you want to check out any of these articles that I've been talking about or anything that I've been talking about so far lately, hit up the website, downsouthitpodcast.com. Everything will be right there in the show prep. You can look at it. It's uh, right under the embedded player. Just look for the show prep link, click on it, and it'll be right there for you. Have all the links and everything else to the articles that I'm talking about today. So you can find everything right there, downsouthitpodcast.com. Next up is ChatGPT. Now, this came, this was like right before Christmas that this thing kind of blew up. And a lot of people have been starting to use it lately. And according to the definition from Cosmos Magazine, ChatGPT is a generative pre-trained transformer architecture, which basically uses software and deep learning algorithms to analyze a question and generate text. And what it does is it uses basically most of the data of the internet 
to understand the nuances of human language and to actually give you an answer that will replicate that nuanced human language. So it's basically a really, really sophisticated chat with Google Assistant, but it pulls from the entire swath of the internet. So if, you need, if you're looking for like specific part numbers to something, you can put it in there and it'll, it should be able to pull up part numbers. It can help you build a PC, but it's very basic in the questions. Now, the cool thing with it is that if you chat long enough, like if you just ask a question and then build off of that question, it'll actually take all the other criteria that you're setting forth. It'll take all of that into account when, as you go down. So it, it's almost like a logical tree. So it's, you know, the branches on a tree, as you go out further and further from, you know, the original question, it'll keep those, everything behind it. It'll keep all of that in mind whenever it's pulling answers. So that's kind of, you know, something a lot different than what we've seen so far. Usually it's more of a ask a question, get a direct answer. It doesn't necessarily, nothing before has actually done anything where it'll keep all of that other criteria in, you know, in mind when it's pulling the answer. So this is something new. And it was developed by the OpenAI project. And basically this was started in 2015. And their mission statement is to bring artificial general intelligence to the benefit of humanity. Now, I've actually went through a couple of, this was a while back on an episode when I did artificial intelligence, uh, artificial general intelligence, artificial super intelligence, that kind of thing. And that was way back in season four. That was episode actually, uh, episode 403. So if you want to go back and listen to that one, you can. I'm probably going to have to do an update on that now. So be on the lookout for that one later on. Now, I don't think that they actually have cracked artificial general intelligence yet. This is a very sophisticated learning algorithm and AI, but has it actually come to the realization that it is artificial general intelligence? I don't think we've gotten there just yet. This is probably the closest that we've come so far, at least out in a public arena. Now, as far as when that'll actually break through, my guess is probably in the next three years. And when that happens, I have no idea what the consequences or the repercussions will be, but I assume that it's going to be within the next three years. Artificial superintelligence will probably follow not far after that. My guess is probably within five years after that, we'll get that. Again, not sure what the repercussions or anything of that will be, but I do know that when it comes to AI, that AI is only as good as the programmers that are programming it and the data set that it uses. So when you get right down to it, that's the question you got to ask. Next up is Google Stadia is finally shutting down. I've kind of hammered Google Stadia because of a lot of the stupid things that they've done, but I can honestly say nobody kills a service quite like Google does. And if you go look at the article and, uh, and everything, this is just, it's stupid. It really and truly is stupid. 
the service is actually going to shut down on the 18th of January. So it's going to it, their stadia service shuts down the day after this podcast drops. And the best part about it, they actually are releasing updates to their controller, which will finally give it Bluetooth support. And they're releasing a new game. How dumb is that? You're killing a service only to release a new game and updates for the controller. That makes absolutely zero sense. Zero. I don't care how big of a company you are. That is just plain stupid. And just to finish everything off with some more ridiculousness, I do have a link on the show prep. The weirdest tech gadgets from the last 25 years. So if you want to kind of look and see some really stupid tech stuff, they have some things on here. So, you know, just a couple just to tease you. And I'm sure you probably remember, you may remember a couple of these. One would be the uh, Dyson headphone and air purifier that looks almost like a half of the helmet that Daft Punk would wear. Something along that line. Also, the Charmin uh, robot that would bring you toilet paper, just to kind of give you a tease. So if you want to go check that, again, that's on the website, downsouthitpodcast.com. You can go check that out and just look at some of the ridiculous stuff that has come out in the last few years and just wonder and try to figure it out because I looked at some of these and I was kind of dumbfounded. I remembered most of it. And I remembered how bad most of it was, but again, but a lot of it is just fun and absurd. So if you want to have a good time, go check that out. Thank you all for joining me for the premiere episode of season 10. We're going to make this a really, really good season. I got it. I feel it down deep in my bones, but like I always do, I'm going to end it with a paraphrase from Albert Hubbard. Technology can replace the work of many people, but it can never replace the work of one extraordinary person. So go out and be extraordinary today. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you right back here on the next episode of the Down South IT Podcast. We're going to CES. See you then. Later.